The Cultural Enterprises podcast is part of our online academy. Structured courses and learning resources created by industry experts, which encourage flexible learning. So you can watch at your own pace, in your own time, on multiple devices, in a location to suit you. To see how we can help you and your team, please visit culturalenterprises.org.uk forward slash academy. Hello and welcome to the Cultural Enterprises podcast. Part of the Association for Cultural Enterprises Year of Digital, this series will focus on a range of topics from e-commerce to sustainability, helping you consolidate, create and renew as the sector opens up again following the most challenging year it has ever faced. Our third episode focuses on creative commerce in lockdown. While some organisations were put in the difficult position of being unable to trade at all, others were both fortunate and entrepreneurial enough to find new ways to generate income, stay connected with the community and help shape the future of their enterprises. One of these organisations is Birmingham Museums Trust and we are delighted to be joined by their commercial director and owner of a fantastic radio voice, Alex Nicholson-Evans. Thanks for tuning in to my first ever podcast. I'm very excited to be part of series three of the Association for Cultural Enterprises podcast. I'm Alex Nicholson-Evans and the Commercial Director for Birmingham Museums Trust. And today I'm going to be talking about lockdown or rather specifically what we did here in Birmingham in the last year. So I guess I will start with a bit more about me. I've been commercial director for five years now. Time has flown. I came to Birmingham Museums from the medical technology industry and prior to that, the NHS. In my spare time, which I think is probably a fairly laughable phrase, I run Living for the Weekend Limited, the company behind a number of festivals in the city, including Birmingham Cocktail Weekend and Birmingham Wine Weekend. I'd like to describe my career as museums by day and cocktails by night, which is really not such a bad setup at all. For those who don't know Birmingham Museums Trust, we have a portfolio of nine sites. We're perhaps best known uh, for Birmingham Museum and Art Gallery, home to our world-renowned collection of pre-Raphaelite art and pause for one of my favourite quotes of all time, the best and most stylish museum cafe in the universe according to author Bill Bryson. And I was sat in uh, that most stylish of museum cafes, the Edwardian Tea Rooms, when I was first struck by the entrepreneurial spirit of my team in the face of, at the time, what was complete unknown and an emerging global pandemic. The museum had closed the public at this point, so it was just staff on site. And I recall watching staff queue at a makeshift shop the fast thinking of our food and beverage manager, Noor. He was committed to ensuring we didn't have huge volumes of food waste from this unplanned closure. So he was selling fresh produce at bargain rates to the workforce. I have to say being entrepreneurial is absolutely a strength of my management team. And it's something that's really shone through throughout the last year. And I suppose in some ways the makeshift shop kind of set the tone for the rest of lockdown in some ways. We refused to let the pandemic beat us. And from day one, we found ways to trade, no matter the circumstances. It was actually one of our lesser known sites, Sehole Mill, that kept us physically trading when every other museum was forced to close their doors. 
Nestled in the heart of Shire Country Park, Sarehole Mill is a 250-year-old idyllic watermill that has inspired world-renowned author J.R. Tolkien and continues to inspire creatives today. It's a bit of an urban oasis and previously might have been described as a hidden gem in the city of Birmingham, but I'd like to think perhaps not so hidden anymore. Just before lockdown, we had successfully completed a project at the mill to develop a small bakery operation on site. This was 100% easier said than done. Building a modern kitchen in a listed building with what turned out to be truly terrible power supply was not without its challenges. But of course, we did it nonetheless. Then, just as we began to get a glimpse of the success this project and our hard work might bring, lockdown was enforced. We had literally only launched the bakehouse at the end of February, so we were determined not to lose momentum. And we swiftly turned our gift shop into a community shop. It took just a few days, selling essential food items that we sourced through our food and beverage supplier, and of course, freshly baked bread from the new bakery. This was a time, if you remember, when supermarket shelves were bare. Um, so we became um, a safe space, really, for the local community to shop and find those essentials. Word spread and we continue to develop the operation. We launched an online pre-order system so you can pre-order your freshly baked loaf and was called Bake and Take, it's still running today. And as government advice allowed, we introduced takeaway coffee too and other takeaway treats. Um, I, I think probably the love for the community shop continued to grow as we developed and has continued all the way through lockdown is continuing really still today. Um, and we even had a visit from local celeb Joe Lysett, which is definitely a highlight for the team. And then, of course, government advice continued to develop and we introduced on-site dining. Uh, we created a dining concept called Pizza in the Courtyard. Um, and then, of course, winter started to set in, the weather began to turn. Uh, so we had to kind of rethink again and we introduced our pizza pods and these are such cool like, igloo like structures and we set them amongst festoon lighting it was this quite atmospheric uh, dining experience it was incredibly popular fully booked but it felt like the moment we launched them uh, we were reverting then back into that winter lockdown um, so we reverted then to our community shop model and that's really how we've now operated. We flexed our visitor offer to suit the government advice. We've got these different models and we can pick and choose between them very easily to respond to government advice as it changes. So right now we're back offering pizza in the courtyard, but from the 17th of May, we'll be looking at reintroducing those pizza pods. And from a financial perspective, Sarah Hormel's community shop and bakehouse has been an enormous step forward when it comes to the property's long-term sustainability. Compared to the previous pre-pandemic year of trading, and you have to remember that in that year, the whole site was open, the whole of the museum site was open. Visitor numbers actually were only down by 4% this year. And the most exciting part is that trading income tripled. But the success of this has been so much more than just financial. We've made this major commercial leap without compromising the site's integrity or its historic charm without losing its uniqueness. The Bakehouse operation is enhancing the visitor experience in a really genuine way, and it will continue to do so long after COVID. But visitors have put this better than I possibly could. So I've, I've dug out a review that a customer left for us to kind of give a, uh, a bit of an insight into why this success was more than just the financial success. So this is, this is the quote. 
Fairhall Mill has been a lifeline for us all the way through this awful year. They have served coffees and pizzas, gingerbread people and amazing soda breads. They've also showed that a small museum can adapt and survive when everything else feels like it's falling apart. They sold pasta when almost nowhere else was open. Briefly in late summer, the indoor space was open as well. I sheltered in there with my toddler and she learned the word dragon. I will always remember the mill with gratitude and pleasure. Thank you to them. It's cheesy, but reading that genuinely gives me goosebumps. I'm so proud of what we've achieved and how we've served the community and transformed the sustainability of, of, this, of this small museum site. And of course, we look to the future now, have been looking to the future for some time, of course, and the success we've experienced and the feedback from our visitors will definitely be shaping our future plans. It's already doing so. So phase two of developing Sarehole Mill, we'll be exploring wholesale options for our bakehouse produce. Um, we'll be exploring evening openings, securing our alcohol license, hopefully, and rolling out a bar so we can have a nice glass of wine with those pizzas. And all being well, we are going to complete the restoration of our historic mill wheel, which has been underway for some time. But I suppose we are most excited about reintroducing access to the museum itself um, this year, as government advice allows. There's honestly so much more I could talk about when it comes to Sarehole Mill, uh, not least the perils of developing our very first recipe book, which, let me tell you, was much more labour intensive than any of us had imagined. But we did it and it is a story for another day. So beyond Sarehole Mill, over in our main kitchen at Think Tank Birmingham Science Museum, we went down a different route to keep trading. In May, uh, so really early in this experience, we brought two recipe boxes to market, giving our customers to op the opportunity to enjoy some of our best-selling dishes at home. That included some of our popular brunches from the Edwardian Tea Rooms. And back in May, recipe boxes hadn't really become an established concept, not in Birmingham, that they are now. Um, there weren't all these kind of nationally available recipe boxes either. So we were really pleased, you know, we, we were very early to market, we traded profitably, uh, we were able to bring some team members back from furlough. We got some great customer feedback. We kind of managed to keep the Edwardian Tea Rooms brand alive a little more in that period. Sadly, you know, not every idea works. And this was definitely one of the ideas that just didn't have longevity. We, we couldn't maintain the sales figures we needed to um, as more and more companies brought recipe boxes to the market. You know, the market became quite saturated and we pulled this initiative in the end. During lockdown, we also revisited our environmental sustainability strategy and we refocused our efforts within the trading team to really look at how we could play a bigger and better role in caring for our planet. We started work actually, I think the first thing we did was we started working with Too Good To Go, who I would definitely recommend looking up. Now, if we have food waste, so if we have food going to waste at the end of the day, we sell it via this Too Good To Go app and they have a really flexible customer base um, who come very short notice in very specific time slots and come and buy those bags of food waste. And they're looking for like a bargain, but also a way to shop more sustainably. And it really has worked for us. And I think we've introduced some new customers also to Sarehole Mill as a result and to our other sites. I think it will have the same effect in due course as we reopen. 
Beyond that, we also rolled out sustainable or recyclable packaging um, for our online retail, which was a long overdue move. And we began a full-scale supplier review so we could understand our full supply chain better and make sure the people we're working with share our values. And something I think is a really nice idea is we created a little icon that we now use online and we'll also use in store as we reopen to show customers which products have been developed with the planet in mind to help them shop consciously, shop um, sustainably. It'd be really interesting to see how that goes down with our with our customers when they're back in store. I suppose that brings me nicely onto retail. Uh, it wasn't just F&B that we were working on in this time. We worked really hard on our online shop during lockdown, as many did. And um, we took the opportunity to completely rethink our store. We worked with a brilliant local agency Digital Cake, another recommendation there, um, on a major journey that started with a full-scale audit. And I have to say, you know, we weren't, we were, we were really pleased to a certain extent with where the online shop had been. Um, it delivered 704% sales growth in 2020-2021. But of course, a massive part of that is the shift in consumer purchasing habits when physical outlets um, and non-essential retail has been closed. But, you know, we had something to build on. So following the audit, we rebranded and relaunched the shop, which is shop.birminghammuseums.org.uk. And through the rebrand exercise, you know, we wanted to create a brand that would feel trusted and familiar for our existing customers. That was really important. And that's predominantly because traffic to our old online shop was, I'm sure this is the case for many, predominantly via the main museum website. So our new brand had to speak to those customers to protect that existing revenue stream. But what we identified is to grow, we really needed a brand that appealed to a much broader audience. One that didn't alienate what I'd describe as maybe BMT's traditional museum customer base, but that would also resonate with young, diverse audience in Birmingham who want to shop local, they want to find new designer makers, and they want to support local independent businesses. So in short, we positioned to focus on, we repositioned to focus on local makers and Birmingham related products, as opposed to majoring on collections led items. So don't get me wrong, you know, visitors to the homepage will still find products relating to the pre-Raphaelites with absolute ease, but it's just no longer the primary message. So one of our key goals for the online shop is to become the city's go-to store for Birmingham related merchandise. And that's particularly important in our kind of immediate plan with the Commonwealth Games coming to the city. Definitely, we've got more work to do on product development, but we've got some really great products coming uh, to market and launching in the coming months. And that will really help us push, our, push us on with that and help us to achieve that goal. Now, if you're listening to this, um, I'd love you to have a look at the space we've created, but you have to promise not to judge us for using the word curated to describe both content and retail products. But assuming you cannot judge us on that, feel free to uh, browse and, of course, purchase while you're there too. The initial response has been really positive, comparing sales for March uh, 2021 with the same period previous year. We saw an increase of 2,816%. And our ATV is finally closing on £30, having been closer to 20 for years now. So a really a long way to go still, but definitely some strong progress. And I guess that is a short-ish rundown of some of our lockdown activities. It's uh, fair to say that beyond everything I've shared on this podcast, there have been 
unbelievably challenging and difficult times. We've, just like many others, undertaken a restructure. We've made redundancies. There have been tears, battles, trials aplenty. But one thing is for sure, we, we didn't rest on our laurels. We took the hand we were given. We did our very best with it. We innovated, we challenged each other, we learned new skills. And one thing I am absolutely sure of is that we will build back stronger and better than ever before. Thanks for listening.